Hello, folks. Dr. Tim Jordan here. Uh, and this is our podcast, which is called Raising Daughters. I'm glad you tuned in. I hope everybody's staying safe and healthy in this pandemic time. I've been doing a lot of podcasts and blogs in the last couple of months referring to the COVID-19 crisis and all that. So I thought I would, I would do something a little different today. And so I invited an author on. Her name is Dr. Ivy G. And she wrote a book that came out recently. And the title of the book is The Art of Good Enough, The Working Mom's Guilt-Free Guide to Thriving While Being Perfectly Imperfect, which is a great title. Uh, and Dr. Ivy is a pharmacy professor, and she's author of this book. And she writes to inspire women to design their own fate. And her writings and interviews have been featured on MSNBC, Thrive Global, Working Mother Magazine, and The Times of India. So Dr. G, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. And um, that's, that's an interesting title. So I was wondering, <laughs> uh, talking about you know, being perfectly imperfect, I'm wondering what, what inspired you to write the book? You know, um, so I, I have made a four career transitions and every single time, um, you know, I began to do something different. There's always people saying, you know, oh, maybe it's not a good idea or certain things, you know, I begin to really um, to examine myself um, and push myself to find my potentials. So in the beginning of my career, I always focus on what I'm missing, you know, what I'm not good at. And later on, I realize that's not the way to go. Actually, um, if you want to go get more out of life, focus on your strengths and not your weaknesses. And in a certain way, everyone is good enough. And that's one of the main points of your book, right? About focusing on, on, your, on your strengths. Right. You've changed your career path many times, you said. I think you said at least four times. Four, yes. Just, just quickly, just, just so our listeners can understand what you've been okay. and quickly. I've been what, through? Yeah. Um, okay. So um, why, um, when I was younger, I liked reading and writing. I started my first novel when I was 10. My parents persuaded me to, they want me to have a stable job, financially stable. So I went to business school, worked for airline executives and, and move on to have a master's degree in engineering. And I work on the, um, you know, believe it or not, pilot training, um, technical side in the same airline. And eventually I become a pharmacist. And a few years ago, I started writing. So I have uh, thrillers and self-help books. Holy cow. So they, <laughs> they weren't exactly related things. <laughs> no, you they are not. Course. So um, how, did you, how did you develop the courage to do that? Because especially today, you're, you're a lot younger than me. But I know that a lot of young people today are so stressed out because they've been squished under this one path model. Like there's this one prescribed linear path where you do good in school and, and then you go to a top college and you get a top job and you, and you make a lot of money. And I think a lot of kids don't fit in that formula. And yet there's a lot of pressure to stay on that path. I'm just curious, how did you develop the courage to be able to veer off? Um, so in terms of a you know, life's path or a career path. What you, I really encourage everyone to look inside and see what is your interest, what activity um, 
energize you, what motivates you to do more. So really follow your passion. Like in my um, example, you know, I always loved writing and reading at a very young age. And um, I wanted to pursue, um, you know, the creative career. But because of my family's interference, I actually took a detour of business and engineering. And when um, just a few years back after um, I became a pharmacist, um, I had a surgery. So the surgery kept me off work for weeks. So during those long um, idling days, I started writing this alternative ending to a thriller I was reading because I always loved reading. And after I finished that, I thought uh, my ending, um, this is not to insult any um, published authors out there, but I thought that mine was pretty good. So that encouraged me to start writing a, a political thriller that has been on my mind for some years. And I finished it within four months. I revised it and built a second draft and start learning from other people, went to writers conference and all these things. And eventually, um, you know, I signed a Hollywood producer last year, and he's going to represent me for dramatic rights and, and publishing rights. So, um, so I, I think it is follow your passion, one thing, and always try to push yourself just a little bit further, because you don't know where your potential, what your potential is until you try. And a lot of time, the opportunities out there, you don't even realize at this moment. So if you just open that door a tiny little bit, take one step at a time, you'll meet different sets of people and different opportunities opened up doors to you. To you. So for me, in my instance, I had no idea I would have become a published author or talk about my book and help people to you know, improve their lives. I've never thought about this. I thought I would just be a ICO pharmacist and you know, helping people um, in, in my profession. But it turned out that I could have a potential influence on people in other ways. So, so really is to follow your passion and trying out new things, learn from other people, find a good mentor if you can. If you cannot, find anyone that can help you. Read their books, you know, and build a connection with the, the community of people who are like-minded and uh, put yourself in that environment to encourage and get support for each other and go from there. And you know, the title of your book, The Art of Good Enough, The Working Mom's Guilt-Free Guide to Thriving While Being Perfectly Imperfect. By the way, we're talking to Dr. IVG. Um, I think one of the things that holds people back is that whole perfectionism thing. And uh, so your, your whole book is about you know, the working mom's guilt-free guide. And I think there is a lot of pressure on, on women today to be the perfect woman and the perfect wife and the perfect mother. And I wonder, um, why do you think moms fall into that trap of having to be perfect in all those ways? Well, there's the internal pressure to do well. You know, being a mother means, you know, a lot of time there's internal agony about, you know, am I doing the right way? Am I doing enough? You know, being a mom, you know, you take a full responsibility for your children. You know, there's, there's your partner. Um, there's lots of anxieties internally and externally with the social media. You know, there's all these beautiful um, photos everywhere, you know, success story of someone, you know, looking excellent on Instagram with their child and they just 
look gorgeous, everything seems effortless. So there's external pressure to measure up and internal pressure to try to do good. So there's a lot of anxiety and guilt. And so I, I usually tell people, the first thing you do is to really understand yourself and accept yourself and love yourself. And that's so stop um, in loving yourself. The first thing you do is stop comparing with to, with other people, because no one, no two person are exactly the same, and and situation is always different. So don't compare orange to apples. You know it just doesn't work. Yeah, you know, and it, that's easy to say. Right. I also know it's hard to put into practice. And I, I've been running weekend retreats and and summer camps for girls, grade school through high school and our our theme is personal growth and personal awareness and i i'm trying to give girls a chance to to talk about things so they can learn how to understand themselves and understand other people i think most people don't have that kind of experience and so how do how does a a 16 year old a 19 year old a 24 year old a 36 year old how do mm -hmm. they learn to understand themselves so, um, so self-awareness or self-understanding, I think the most important thing is to understand your um, negative emotions. So uh, figure out your triggers and really understand the root cause of your triggers and solve them eventually. Because a lot of the time we go through emotions and don't realize what's really the cause for it. So sometimes, you know, the outward emotional outbreak could be um, anger but internally, what you feel is a disappointment of the situation or the environment. Um, so what I do is, um, in my uh, life transformation journal, uh, the book's a companion journal, I use this worksheet for, on, my, on myself. And what it does is, um, so first you write down, recall your recent emotional breakdown or outbreak, and really focus on what you're physically feeling at the time during that you know, uh, outbreak, where you're shaking, yelling, or, or you're tearing up, and really note what thoughts fire through your head. And think about what or who triggered you that, that emotion, and what exactly happened right before you were triggered. And the last thing is by writing those down sort of brings clarity uh, to your mind, because a lot of times there's so many little things interrupt you, you, you get confused. And the last and most important thing is to figure out what needs of yours were not being met. That's the root cause that you need to focus on. So the outward emotional outbreak is just a manifestation of what's missing inside, underneath. So, and sometimes these, um, the root cause could be because of acceptance or autonomy or respect. Sometimes we feel challenged and then we, we feel threatened, then we be, become angry. You know, there's all kinds of emotion going on, but underneath, we got to figure out what is missing and working on that root cause. So a lot of time people, you know, they have, you know, they become angry, they start yelling, and later on, they feel bad about this. They know it wasn't helping the situation, but they don't know how to stop the issue. Every time they were triggered, they'll do exactly the same thing, and afterwards feel regretful. So, um, so figure out emotional triggers help you to to understand how your thought process is and remove yourself uh, from that trigger, figure out a way to deal with the root cause and, yeah. and go from there. So this, it, it will be easier for, to control your emotion and become more mature. Yeah. 
another tool you talk about in the book that might might find its place in what you're talking about is talking about self-compassion. You want to tell us about the place of self-compassion in that work? And so, uh, so self-compassion basically, you know, earlier I talked about you got to stop comparing with any, anybody else and stop punishing yourself for your mistakes. You know, take care of your body. A lot of time we just, when you feel bad, you start eating junk food, you know, you, you're not doing the best thing for, for your body and that triggers, uh, you know, that sort of a negative cycle. So it makes you feel even worse. And then really self-compassion is actually investing yourself. When people think about self-love, it's like a go-to massage or buy something or sort of a retail therapy. But those are temporary. Invest in yourself, you know, do something, learn something new. Or, um, you know, uh, I like to make a vision board. Just think outside the box, any possibility. I put it out there to encourage me. There are possibilities I haven't tried. To, to get yourself to a, a place of possibilities and then um, recognize your self-worth. You know, I like to journal because I write down all my small wins you know, on the days I feel really bad or things are just not going the way I wanted. I go through my journals and I felt good because I have come a long way from where I started. Um, and feel proud of yourself, loving yourself despite the mistakes you make. Learn to forgive yourself a lot of time we want to be um you know we all have this idea like if something happened to me if something else happened you know i'm prettier taller you know smarter or have more money well you all feel happy but if you look at celebrities you know we heard so many um incidences you know these exceptionally successful people they commit suicide and they have a lot more than our than us so, you know, the conditional happiness cannot be conditional. It has to come from you. By doing the things, focusing on your strengths, sharpen it, use it to find more opportunities to prove yourself worse. That gives you more confidence and make you more resilient to uh, life's challenges. Like right now, the crisis we're going through. Mm -hmm. yeah, the, uh, I'm going to ask a question that, that pertains to men and women, but since your book is about moms, I'll... I guess I'll talk about mom's part. If there's, if there's moms listening to this and they have some self-awareness or some sense of feeling restless or empty or unfulfilled, uh, i.e. They, they, they may have been led into a path like you were a long time ago. Your parents said, no, you're not gonna be a writer. You can't make enough money. I've heard that so often with young people today that their parents are guiding them away from the arts even right. being teachers, because quote unquote, it doesn't make enough money. How, does it, how would a, a mom listening to this, who's feeling that sense of unfulfillment, how do they get on track and figure out their, their calling? Well, um, so first the parents want the best for their kids. So they want to correct them. Um, um, so for the, if you really, you know, sort of want to protect your kids from, you know, a unstable <laughs> uh, financial uh, outcome for your kids, um, I, I think the first thing is that you got to understand them, understand their strengths. A lot of parents, they know exactly what their kids are lacking, but, you know, it's hard to know your kids' strength. And really, um, to, to find the channels that can 
amplify use your children's natural talent and strengths and still having that sort of a financial stability that you that you hoping so for example for me if i were you know my parents back then i would encourage my younger self to start writing send articles to you know local journals campus you know journals university journals any local magazines and newspapers and start writing short stories essays well you can still have a major somewhere else related to writing for example marketing it's a lot of copywriting right so the writing is all kinds of so there's a realistic applications of writing the ability of writing and there's a creative writing so find a happy medium somewhere you can still follow your passion while having a realistic job to begin with so help yourself to be financially independent when you first start out okay. it doesn't have to be yes or no a black and white you know, either you have it or don't. I also think for a lot of young women, girls, young women, I think they don't hear enough stories like yours. Uh, <laughs> I, people, well, meaning people who, I always tell them that, that um, if you ask, I always tell them to interview adults that they know, aunts, uncles, grandparents, family, friends, whomever, anybody they bump into, ask them, when you were my age, when you were 18 or 23, did you know then that you'd be doing what you're doing now at age 50, let's just say? Mm -hmm. I, I tell them, you know, 90% of people will say I had no clue. Yes. But, but they don't know that. They think they should know it now. That they should have this, this vision of I'm going to do this. And so they, what they don't get enough stories is that people like you, who, you know, you know wig, uh, zigged and zagged your way to, um, to where you're at today. So I think having role models like you or reading biographies or interviewing adults is important for them. It is. It's eye-opening because growing up is to to really discover yourself. As you try, some people say, well, if you go to different, like sort of my journey, taking a long detour, sort of time-wasting, it's not. Every time I do something, I end up realizing that's not for me i learned something from it for, for example business school i learned a lot about this current economic struggle what's underneath and what's coming up it helped my perception so when i write stories my thrillers it gives me unique per uh, perspective because i understand the inner going of how financial wor world works and my engineering school taught me how to think logically. So when I create a character, I know exactly a certain person would act and react because of the, the way engineers think. So anything you do will help you in the long run, maybe not now, but life is a long journey. It's full of things you try and then you realize each thing you do, either you succeed or not. Either experience teach you something about yourself. So life is a journey of self-discovery and you'll be surprised we all change so much. When I was 18, if I live to 80, you know, there will be a huge a growing um, curve, you know, learning curve for me to understand myself and focus, focus, figure out what am I really good at and how to use it to make my life more splendid and memorable. Yeah, if there's one thing that, that I hope there's a lot of things that young people learn from this uh, COVID corona crisis thing. And one of them is they're living through a lot of uncertainty um, about a lot of things, right? They're, they're right. their futures. So 
uh, my, one of my hopes is that they will learn to trust better because there's been so much of their life that's been supervised and planned out, like, you know, one step leads to the other, it's linear path. So I hope that they learn that they can trust that even though things aren't always certain, it doesn't mean they're off. It means it can still mean that you're on track. Right. So, um, so this is about attitude. So for example, something happened to you. Um, think of it this way, rather than, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Oh my God, now my plans are totally ruined. You know, what am I going to do? Think about it. This unique opportunity is coming up. What can you do to make, to make something out of this situation? It's sort of like lemonade out of lemon, but really is to figure out what am I going to gonna do to get something out of this what can i try think of different ways you know if this one way doesn't work can i change certain elements of my approach and make it a new idea a new approach and try it again sometime you know success comes at different timing you, you got to meet the right people timing and sometimes just the place you yeah. know really to it, it's all about learning and those and if your old way of thinking doesn't work try a new way, slightly different, and see if it works or not. It, it's a lot of trial and error in success. That, that means, though, they have to try, fail, and then not allow that to sh shut them down. I, I worry that since we're not allowing kids to struggle, fail, um, you know, make mistakes these days because we're so invested in this perfect path, that's hard sometimes for people to follow through with that because they're not used to being, not used to failing or, or you know, are stumbling. That's why earlier you were mentioning about the parents, you know, they're just spending so much energy and invested in their kids for hopeful, hoping for a successful career for them. And what it does is you really have to um, introduce a positive pressure or a positive stress to the kids and, and really stretch them out a little, build that resilience. And resilience comes from self-confidence and self-confidence comes from self-trust in order for you to trust yourself you have to understand yourself accept yourself because no one is perfect i mean just think of all the models like all your idols you know all the young kids you know you must have an idol somewhere on certain magazine or instagram or whatever facebook or anywhere look into their life there are certain they have their weaknesses and they have certain things that they don't like about themselves but they, were, they are successful because they figure out a way to work on their strengths, focus on what they do well, and, and keep going on that way. So the future is, uh, it's, um, it's all about specialization, and the school still teaching kids to be well-rounded. Sometimes you spend lots of time to patch up the things you know, you're not born with, that talent. So it's, it's time to shift that mindset. You don't have to be you know, covering all bases. As long as you figured out what you are good at and keep going that direction, improve yourself, you will find yourself in the very, very, um, you, you will be successful eventually. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Jordan here on, on Raising Daughters. I'm talking to Dr. Ivy G, and she has a new book out called The Art of Good Enough, which I'm, I think you can find everywhere. A um, couple more quick questions before we shut this down. First one is, in one of the chapters, you talk about living simply and talking about uncluttering your mind. And in, in this coronavirus time, we have more time, I think, uh, yes. at home and all. I'm just, so maybe you can give our listeners some ideas about what you mean by an uncluttered mind or how to unclutter your mind. 
So, um, so right now there's information overload about this virus. It's a lot, and, and the future is iffy. You know, each state are slowly recovering and economic challenges, and there's uncertainty. So lots of people focus on all these problems, is spending time worry about the unknown. What's going to happen? You know, what should I do if something bad happens? Rather than doing that, clear up your mind and focus on what I can control in your small little household or in your small little community or your work, uh, your job, like, you know, your work environment. Is there anything you can do? So for example, if, if you lost your job during this crisis because your old job is no longer viable, do you have any, you know, transferable skills that you can work in a different industry or in a slightly different role that's related or requiring the same sets of skills, soft skills? And focus on the things that you can control as you taking more action. Focus on what you can do as you take more action. The, the picture the, of future actually clears up. So if you focus on the problems, there seems like 600 million problems for you to solve, which is odd. It, it's outrageous and no one can do it. But if you focus on just the tiny little thing you could do now, so for example, it, you know, if you, you lost your job from a cruise ship or something, but you have hospitality um, uh, experience for the last 10 years, maybe it's time to working on, see, there's, um, you know, there's a service, uh, online uh, retailers, they need the service uh, representative or a customer, um, you know, supportive uh, hotline where they using the same sort of skill, but just in a different industry. So can you look for jobs in that uh, area starting now rather than, um, you know, just, just sit there at home and reading all these news and thinking, gosh, what am I going to do? You know, take little steps. As you take more steps, the, the future will become, the answer will become clear to you. But you have to take that action. Do something. So focus on the action, but not the problems. Yeah. I'm talking to Dr. Ivy G. That's G-E, her last name. Uh, she is the author of the book, The Art of Good Enough. Uh, before we close here, any, any uh, other piece of advice that you could give to moms who are listening to this about, about becoming, by having the awareness or the self-love of knowing that they're good enough? Um, well, my, the main message is the book is, it is much more effective to working on your strengths and not your weaknesses. So find your own strengths and understand your children and figure out where their strengths um, are and help them to explore their potentials. Great, we really appreciate your time uh, and uh, sharing with the, the parents here on uh, Raising Daughters. Good luck with your book, the book uh, Dr. IVG. G, G E, The Art of Good Enough, The Working Mom's Guilt-Free Guide to Thriving While Being Perfectly Imperfect. Good luck in your book and thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. This is Dr. Jordan on Raising Daughters. Uh, be back here in two weeks for another podcast. And remember that in between the weeks, I always put out a blog as well. You can check out all the old ones on, on my website at drtimjordan.com. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. I'll see you back here in two weeks.